0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Hey, listen, I'm encouraged, uh, I'm confident. You know, we're in chaotic and very confusing times, but I have confidence in God. Uh, the Bible says in, in a, uh, a place that, uh, that David encouraged himself, he had to find strength in the Lord, who the Bible teaches us is the strength of our heart. When you got no one else, you know that you've got uh, God. And our confidence is in God. He loves us. And he loves us. Everybody say us. That means all of us. He loves us. He is with us and he is for us. And you know, for us uh, as believers in the body of Christ, we look to God uh, as our main source of knowledge and understanding. We have God's Word, we have the Holy Spirit. Who is the one who leads and guides us into the truth, all the truth that we need, all the truth that's necessary for us to be successful uh, to wa- in our walk with God and our working uh, with God, you know um Jesus said this, uh, and and I want you to realize the context of where we are and what we're saying. If you just look around uh, here in this this house, um, this is not something that man has put together. This is something that God designed because God desired it, and we are a diverse group, aren't we? And it's God's delight in doing it this way. There's nothing that the, that the devil hates more. and if you believe that there is a God, you have to believe that there is a devil. Now I believe more in God than I do the devil, more in what God is doing than what the devil's doing, but the devil still does. <laughs> but thank God God still is still doing. And you know uh, there is a master plan. Now I remember. Now I want you to. I want to remind you of this. See, as a believer, the devil is no longer your master. So his plans for your life are uh, negated, and you have authority over those. God is our master, and He has the master plan, and so we can be confident uh, in that because we're confident uh, in him. Jesus said this about Peter, and Peter, you know, presumed, uh, and the Bible says they all said the same thing. When when the pressure got on, I mean, when it came time to stand uh, with God, for God, with Jesus, Peter declared in the safety of the upper room where it was just, you know, they were just them having church, he said, I'll never deny you. I'll die for you, and, and uh, um, it shows us sometimes that, you know, we don't really know what's, what's in our heart, but God does. And Jesus didn't condemn him. What did he say? He goes, I have prayed for you. He said, the devil has desired to sift you like wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you, and not if, but when you're changed, he said, you're converted when you change the other side of this. He said, you do for your brothers what I've done for you. You strengthen them. Amen? So I said all that to say this. The devil would like nothing more. He has desired a, a, a certain thing over this church because of the diversity that's here. But Jesus has prayed for us. And the Lord reminded me of this because I thought, you know, I said, Lord, here we are on uh, Saturday. I've been praying all week. Maybe I should just stay up all night and pray. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, he said, son, you have prayed. See, because God will set you up. I, I have prayed, walked these floors hour after hour, day after day, touched every chair, prayed over every uh, leader over every believer, over every member, and over those that will be members in here, I have prayed. And the Lord said, you know, I can hold this thing together until we get to the next phase in August. Because I have a real desire to pray. But there's sometimes when the Lord just says, stand still and see that I'm God. you know, And it's hard to do when you f- still feel like that it's all on you. But see, God is so, he will always prepare you beforehand. He will always make everything ready beforehand. Like Jesus said, I have prayed. I knew we were going to be here at this time. And I believe this. I'm confident of this, y'all, that we together are in the kingdom for such a time as this, for this, and that it's our time to shine for God. To shine with God, but also to shine for God. So I want to go to 1 Corinthians, this 12th chapter, and I'm going to ask you to permit me to just read from God's Word. And I'm asking uh, the Helper, the Holy Spirit's help, because we find ourselves having to trust His work much more Uh than ever before, but that's okay. He's up to the task, isn't he? How many of you know we can trust the Holy Spirit if we just open our hearts? See? And so we're going to have a little heart-to-heart today. Uh, I believe from God's heart and to one another. 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12 through 26. This is out of the Passion Bible. It says, the heading is one body with many parts. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. Verse 12. I want to remind you this. Jesus prayed a his high pri- priestly prayer in John 17 and 17. And he said this, He said, Father, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. And that they would share the glory that I have with you. I want them to share that with me and with one another. And that glory would be the oneness. Now, he didn't pray sameness. Remember that group of guys? Boy, they were anything but the same. They were fussing and fighting and fuming among themselves about who was going to be the greatest, and all of this kind of stuff. You know, one's a tax collector, one's a fisherman, one's, uh, you know, uh, a zealot. All kind of, it's just a, a big mix. But Jesus acknowledged that there was not, they were not all the same, but he wanted oneness. Oneness doesn't necessarily have to be sameness. <clears throat> For by one spirit, we were all, we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body. We're just an ear. How could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required. I want to read this again. But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required. For if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many different parts and functions but one body. The next heading is no competition for importance within the body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. And equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with propriety and clothe them. Now, obviously, here he's talking about internal parts. Uh, You can maybe live without a finger, but you can't without a liver. Amen. Or... Or a heart, you see. So that's how he's treating this. <clears throat> Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the what we think of as the lesser members who lacked it. Meaning again, the internals. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so that there would be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. Now, let's unpack this uh, just a little bit for some understanding. This is the phrase that God used to lead me to this scripture uh, for us today. That there be no division. One translation says no schism. Or schism, however you want to say it. But it's the same. No schism, no division. But that we would have the same... One translation says we would have the same concern one for another the same concern that God had in putting us together and keeping us together so that there's, there would be wholeness, that we would have that one for another. And then he, he, he broke that down in just saying, so if one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. If one part of the body is okay, then the whole body should be okay. What we go through, we go through together. And together? Come on now, together? Amen. Should have the same concern, the same care as God in putting us together and keeping us together, care for one another as God cares for us all. He carefully, the Bible says, intentionally and carefully designed each member And placed it, placed each of us in his body as he desired us to be. But his viewpoint of us is wholeness. It's completeness. Knowing this, that he would have to deal with our brokenness. And the first step in wholeness is being willing and humble enough To realize our own each of our own brokenness, we live in a broken world. It's broken. It shouldn't surprise us that there's things that are broken, things that are missing. We come from a we come from a place we're born into brokenness, but we're born again into wholeness. That's God's design. Amen. So wholeness is uh and, and listen now, uh they arrest you, I guess, in the liter the literary world for plagiarism, copying uh word for word. Well, I'm guilty of plagiarizing God here, reading word for word, but I also have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, you know, this sense of wholeness, this greater thing called the kingdom of God, which is the family of God, which we are born into and we are a part of. That's the wholeness of God, see? And, and, we, and we all come from different, par- different places, spaces in life. But in our cultures, and our classes, so to speak, as these are labels that are put on us by man, uh, God understands all of that. But our culturalism and classism, all of these types of things, should not cancel the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the greater overarching. It's his great purpose for us. It's His includes his great plan uh, for us, the wholeness that he has. And he included everybody. Jesus died for everybody, for all. Amen. Well, uh, as I said, so I want to give this sense of... Uh, uh, Kingdom in a different measure, more measure perhaps than ever before. You know, I've I've uh, I've been listening uh, to there are there are people that are so greatly qualified by God. I mean, eloquent and intelligent uh, that you know uh, a hayseed like me can learn from. So. Uh, in order to be a better teacher, you have to become a great student. <laughs> if you're not a learner, a lifelong learner with Jesus. Uh, boy, I'm going to tell you what. Now, you, I, I've repeated a few grades in my life. Have you ever repeated? I'm talking about spiritually. Amen. Uh, but thank God he He knows how to prepare us for the promotion. And I believe there's a promotion for the body of Christ. I believe that in honoring God, he's about to bring an honor through his body of us representing him in the world that when people see Jesus, they will be drawn to him. If we will magnify him and lift him up, that they will be drawn to him. I believe that we're we're in that time of greater glory and and the evidence of that first uh, uh, for me is that I feel like that God's God's going through all my stuff. God's God's hoeing out all. He's cleaning some stuff out, making making room for. He's purifying. You know, I, I still believe that power requires a purity. That we don't we don't purify ourselves, but but we allow God purify us. Amen. To purge our hearts of that which is not like him, of that which does not honor him. Uh, So I want to credit Dr. Tony Evans uh, um, and thank him for what he's lived through and the insight that God has given him and the understanding uh, and his willingness uh, to help those of us who don't understand to see from his under see through his understanding uh, that he's gotten from God. Uh, I'm also going to give credit uh, to Pastor Robert Norris, uh, Robert Morris. Think about Pastor Norris down there in, in uh, Montgomery. Love you, brother. But Pastor Robert Norris, I'm going to plagiarize some things from him today. Amen. But it's okay. He stole it from Jesus, so I'll steal it from him. It's okay. Amen. (laughs) Thou shalt not steal. It's okay in this case. Amen. Um, I believe that if there should be no schism, this was the phraseology, and of course it's old King James, but schism or division in the body. Uh, I believe that it's important uh, that we learn to see the seed, the seed. Not just to identify the fruit which takes us to the root, but even see it in the seed so it has no place in us. Even recognize it in seed form, this, this schism or division. And we're facing an ism today, and I'm going to call it for what it is, racism, uh, prejudice. And it's important for us to define that, because all of us have our encounters, our experiences. We could all bring our own, well, I think it means this, Uh, I know it means that, but let's define it just for the sake of getting some oneness uh, here. Uh, There are three strains. This is from uh, Pastor um, Morris, and I agree completely with this. That's why... Uh, I'm giving it voice here uh, today. Uh, it's, it's well worth listening to. There's some stuff today's not worth listening to now. But, there, but we need to be listening for God. Number one would be just hating someone because of their race. Hating a person just solely because of their race. Number two, and we have that today. I said we have that today in America. Number two, believing that a race is superior or a race is inferior to another race or other race, that there is a superior race or an inferior race. That's a type of racism. Number three, and we have that as well. I said we have that as well. And if we think that way or believe that way, if we take that thought, oh, and decide that that's what we're going to believe, then that's racism. Number three, and uh, Pastor Morris said, uh, said that he believed that this was probably the, the predominant the primary form that we have here in America. I concur. I agree. That, that prejudice towards another race. And he broke that down saying the word prejudice or prejudice. Judas, It means before and Judas pre-being before and Judas being judgment. It is making a judgment before or without having all of the facts. You know, God is against racism. So I can speak for myself. I am against racism. I am not just a non-racist. Are you listening? Where I'm indifferent to it; it doesn't affect me; it doesn't matter to me. It's just an issue. No, it's personal from the standpoint that I know people uh, that uh, I was talking with um, uh, with a brother from just simply another mother. You know, uh, and for the purpose of the context of the conversation, you know this. Uh, You know this brother, he's been here many times. He's lived with us. I mean, laid his life down for us. Trust him with my heart. Trust him with everything, everyone uh, in my life. Uh, And he was, we were talking yesterday because he has, thank God, people have concern for you. He goes, how are you doing? (laughs) I said, well, you know, uh, we're trusting God. You know, but we're going to have to deal with stuff because there's just stuff that the world is dealing with and the church is dealing with. And so, you know, out of that concern, we talk the word of God. And, you know, now, now I believe him when he said that. He said, now listen. He said, I'm going to tell you what. He said, people have called me the N-word all my life. He said, I've faced this all of my life. He goes, but God is all the difference where that's concerned. I know who I am in him. I know how he feels about me. I know he loves me. I know he's with me. I know he's for me. He said, so that stuff can get thrown, but it's not going to stick. See? Now, I'm just sharing with you his position, which I honor and respect, because that's not my position. No one's done that to me. I'm just speaking for me. People will hear this and think I speak for everyone. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking for me. I'm being very uh, clear and simple and very plain. I'm speaking for me. And I'm trying to speak here out of God's word uh, for him. That's my assignment. There are people that can do it better. Uh, I know that. You know, but still, it pleased God that I would have a part. And so I'm just simply going to, the song that they sang today, you know, the Lord said, I'm the conductor, you just play your part. I'll make it come out in harmony. I'll take care of stuff, and I believe that. I really believe that God is able. Uh, I am confident of that. I'm not confident in my own ability or your ability or our ability to get it right, but he is able, and if we'll trust him and follow him and look to him, it will come out right. And it's got to come out right in here if we're ever going to show them out there that what's in here, are you listening? See? Uh, Is better than what's out there. So God is against racism. Racism. If it's these things, and it is. And so if we're going to walk with God, that we're going to have to make a decision. Are we against it? <clears throat> Number one, I want to make seven points that, again, uh, Pastor Robert Moore said. Stole these directly from him. Number one, racism is just pure evil. It's just pure evil. There is good in the world, and all of that's from God. There is evil in the world, and that is from the devil. Period. And racism is just pure evil. And the Bible says that we should despise, we should abhor that which is evil. We would be against that which is evil. Number two, racism is pure pride and self-righteousness. It is setting up oneself as judge over another. We, as spiritual people, are permitted to judge all things. We are not permitted to judge anyone but our own self. Number three, racism violates the Great Commission. Because the Bible says, go into all the nations and make disciples. The nations there means ethnos, ethnithesis, ethnic groups, all peoples, go into all the world and make disciples. That's the Great Commission. Racism violates the Great... Number four, racism violates the Great Commission. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. For God so loved the world, the whole world, everyone, every ethnos, every ethnic group, every ethnicity, every people group. He gave his only begotten son that everyone, everyone would be saved. That's the heart of God. Number four, racism. Uh, number five, racism questions God's creation. In Acts seventeen twenty six, this is such a powerful verse of scripture. It says He made, He created us from one blood, every nation. Every ethnos, every ethnicity, every ethnic group, all peoples from one blood. No matter what the color is on the outside, we're all red on the inside because we're from one blood. And under the blood of Jesus, how much more so? One blood. That's powerful. You know, what color is God? All of them. God created man in his image and in his likeness. What color is God? Look around in the world. All of them. Because you're looking at his image and his likeness. And he loved it. He loved and delighted to do it so. Number six. Racism questions God's plan. Revelation. This is again. This is a glimpse into eternity. God's plans are eternal. They're not subject to the latest poll. Are you listening? The latest wind of doctrine in the church or doctrines of devils from wherever. Are you listening? It is his eternal word, and this is a glimpse into your and my future of kingdom which is forever, the kingdom of God over all. There will come a day when all the kingdoms of this world will have become the kingdom of our God. Again, the plural, into the one, into the oneness. Now, here's a picture of it. It says, and they were all, verse number nine, and they were all singing this new song of praise to the Lamb. Think of this. This is the context. This is a praise to God. Because you were slaughtered for us. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Your blood was the price paid to redeem us. You purchased us to bring us to God out of every tribe. Every language, every people group, and nation you have chosen us. Who? Every tribe, every language, every people group, every nation, every ethnos, every ethnicity, every color. You have chosen us to serve our God and formed us into a kingdom of priests who reign On the earth. I'm just going to take God at his word. And I'm going to believe he's going to have the final word. I'm not speaking for everyone, but I have to speak for me. I'm going to agree with God. There have been times I've had many differences with God. But it's not hard for me to say, God, I'm sorry. I was wrong and you were right. How hard is it to say I'm sorry to God? And then we learn to say that to one another. You know, I've been in the grocery store before and inadvertently I almost ran into somebody coming around the aisle on my way to get, you know, uh, uh, you know, cheese and lunch meat or something. You know, I mean, we're just that way. And it doesn't bother me at all say, I am so sorry it's just common courtesy. Just, just common courtesy how to relate to another human being. I got in your space almost in your face and I almost hurt you and I'm sorry. Whew, Jesus. Amen. I've run into some that, boy, I mean, it wouldn't have been good. I would have been damaged. They, it wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have given an inch. Amen. There are a lot of people that are stronger, smarter, wiser than us. Amen. No, pride can't say it, sorry, but humility starts always there, amen. The first word of the gospel, repent, say you're sorry. God, you were right, I was wrong, and then the kingdom can come. Amen. And I'm not telling everybody, uh, well, you just said you need to say you're sorry. Listen, you know, I don't speak for everyone, but I have no problem saying I'm sorry, for everything that every one of you have been through. Because I know every one of us comes from a place of brokenness. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Amen. Are you listening? There are going to be people in heaven that laid their lives down, that were beheaded for this gospel, that died with Jesus, for Jesus. I haven't had to resist on the... Unto the spilling of blood. But there will be people there that have. Amen. There's always somebody. uh, Who has it better than us. There's always somebody who has it worse than us. But with God. But with God. But with God. We'll just be glad that we made it. Just be glad to be there. And a lot of eternity will be sent. Will be spent. Tell me your story. And there'll be such a great honor and glory given to God because he has redeemed us all. He has righted every wrong. He has made all things right again for his people. Amen. Number seven. Racism questions God himself. You could... You could. Uh, and I take this from, he's, from him. He said for five, six, and seven, you could replace the word questions with, with the word it just defies God. It just defies God. It defies His wisdom. It defies His goodness. It, it defies His heart. It defies His plan, His purpose. And I'm going to tell you what now, uh, I, I don't want to defy God. That's what the devil did and the devil does. And we were at one time, you know, I can't speak for you but I know at one time my life defied God my thoughts defied God I said so much as I don't believe there is a God but you know Jesus uh, has a way of knocking us off of our little high horse and having a real encounter with the living God and he's so merciful tell us the truth but he's so good so kind I sure am glad they get now God gave us his word we know that his word is his will We know and can understand that this is what he wants for us as the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. In Acts, and in Revelations, the scriptures that we've quoted. In John, in Matthew, the great commission, the great commandment, the great plan. And why did he say all of this? That there would be no schism in the body. That it begins here with us, that there would be no ism here. And the one we're dealing with today in the world that we live in today is racism. And you can't run from it. You have to run towards it. Because this storm that's this storm front that's uh, come through, we still got to keep moving forward with God. And on the other side of this, we should be better. We should have more of God. And I believe there's a great harvest that God is interested in. I don't believe any of these things have taken God by surprise. Surprise. That he has a great master plan. Let's trust the master. Now, let me ask you this: Are you know? Uh, are you a believer in Jesus? A follower of Jesus? A member of his family? Then let's follow him. Let's believe in him. Let's trust him. Let's act like family. Let's be family. Let's work at family. Do the hard work when it becomes hard to get along with one another. Let's do the hard work. Amen. And if you're listening to me today, would you like to be a believer in Jesus? Would you choose to be a follower of Christ? Would you allow Him to make you a member of His family? Because ultimately, that is the greatest thing. It is what this life really is all about. And so, I want to invite you today to pray with me. I want to pray with you, and we'll here together as a family, I'll pray together all together. This simple prayer, dear Jesus, I would like to believe in you. I do choose to believe in you, that you are God's son, that you came and you hung on a cross, you died to save me from my sins, you were buried, and you were raised from the dead, that I could live a new life, I accept that, I choose you, make me a member of your family. I'll follow you from now on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you prayed that simple prayer, you meant it from your heart. See, from God's heart, I can tell you today that you are now a member of God's family, born again into the family of God. And God is a good God. He loves you. He's with you. He's for you. He will help you. Please contact us and let us know that you've made this decision. And we will do everything in our power to help you uh, with your first steps in this new direction for your life. God bless you. We look forward to being with you the next time.